So we've landed our ideal candidate, or maybe an adequate one. We're going to train, educate, and integrate them into our veterinary practice. But most of all, we'd really like to keep them. After investing all of this time, effort, and money into training them. But how exactly are we going to do that, OTRs? And that's what today's episode is all about. Today's Thoughts from the Truck episode is going to talk about retention. The key things that goes into retaining your potential associate or retaining the current staff that you have. So stay tuned, OTRs, as we go through the keys to retaining a great veterinarian on your staff. So the real challenge is, how do veterinarians like us, who don't have the time, resources, or financial backing of a multi-million dollar company, who are faced with irregular work schedules, on-calls, and emergencies, how can we facilitate our own personal and professional growth so we can continue to offer superior service to our clients while still remaining competitive in today's market? That is the challenge, and this podcast will provide you the roadmap to its solution. I'm your host, Dr. Eric, and welcome to Operators to Owners. Welcome back, OTRs. Employee retention is one of those things that's always in the back of any owner's mind. Retaining great employees, keeping them in your employee, keeping them interested in your business is one of the hardest things you can do. While you might not have an ideally placed practice or an ideal school district or an ideal community, there are still ways that you can create an ideal situation that will help you retain your employees. And the reason we're talking about this today, OTRs, is because of a recent AHA study that found that vet clinics suffer from about a 21% turnover rate. And if you look at all the positions, receptionists are actually the highest turnover, but associates are actually not that far behind at a 20% turnover rate. Now we all know that new employees are an expense and they're actually quite expensive. In fact, if you look at some of the statistics on employees and retraining, about 15 to 20% of an employee's salary is the estimated cost to actually just train that employee for the job. So it kind of goes without saying We need to seek to retain as many individuals and keep as much consistency as we can across our veterinary practice. But how are we going to do that? Well, in my opinion, the first thing we need to do is to eliminate the top reasons for people leaving and instead incentivize the top reasons for people staying. Pretty simplistic, right, OTRs? But let me take you a little bit further and use an example from my clinic. So we're a six-doctor practice with relatively low turnover. So if we look at probably the last decade or so, we had 10 total veterinarians employed and two moved on from our services or from our practice with one other person retiring over that time period. But how did we do that? Well, I'd say number one, we try to keep company morale really quite high. And while this is easier said than done, we accomplish it through many different methods. First of all, we concentrate on being a half a doctor over what we actually need. So that means if we think we need five doctors, you know, we want five and a half, or if we need five and a half, we'd like six and a half, or six, excuse me. But something like that, OTRs. 
The other things we concentrate on are days off or compensatory days off, and I'll elaborate on that. And we have regular meetings. So let's dig a little bit deeper into those. Our half the doctor over philosophy is a work-life balance philosophy. So we've all as owners decided that in order to improve our family or work-life balance, we've sacrificed profit to have more veterinarian than we potentially would need on staff. But again, this is a huge quality of life. Let me give you a perspective. We're a six doctor practice. We service over 60,000 cows. But I only work every sixth weekend, one night on call per week for four weeks, and then I work my weekend. When I work my weekend, I get a Thursday off before and a Friday off after. And every six weeks, I get a half day Wednesday, which if you add that up is an incredible amount of downtime OTRs, which I value astronomically. When I talk to people, this is one of the biggest things that I say has really changed, I would say, my practice and really has stopped me from getting as much burnout as I probably would get doing everything practice related and everything OTO related. But this is one thing that I highly encourage. Specifically, this half doctor over allows for this work-life balance and rolling that right into the days off. Obviously, we have vacation days built into our contracts. Um, We use PTO, so there's no sick days. It's just all lumped into one kind of. And then those days off before the actual weekends worked and after. Quality of life things. Again, keeping that morale up. And I'm not ever forcing, now people can elect to get into it, but I'm never forcing anybody to work 13 days straight. You always get that little bit of downtime, which when you start to do it, you will actually feel astronomically better. I mean, when I do long weeks, if I switch a weekend or something like that, and I do those days straight, my body is well and very much shot by the end of the second week. It's ready for its weekend downtime. So those days are great from that standpoint, but it's also great from just getting personal things done. Again, fostering that work-life balance. The other thing that I really encourage from a company morale standpoint is regular meetings. Now our practice does regular meetings for our veterinary staff and again, for our support staff. They're independent meetings. Obviously there's cross communication between the two. One of the partners runs each of the meetings and then brings the information between the two groups of employees. But those regular meetings have astronomically improved communication and have provided more direction for our practice. It also keeps issues at the forefront. So if there's an issue with a client or the client interaction, or if you just want to talk generalized treatment or even billing things, all the things that create confusion, which confusion in the business can really play negatively into that company morale. So by having these regular meetings, we've really opened that up and opened the forum for our associate. During that period of time, we also focused on some growth things for our associate, which we'll talk as our second point to improving employee retention. The last thing about company morale that I always like to remind people is that realistically, if you really want to retain people, if you really want to improve morale, don't ever forget that in essence, we work for our employees as much as they work for us. So if we keep their mentality, how we'd like to be treated if we are in their position, all of those types of things at the forefront, your morale in that company will be astronomically better and your retention rate will go up. This is things like uh, what I've seen on recent listservs. I don't have an employee ladder. So, you know, the newest person doesn't do more nights on call. The newest person doesn't work longer or those types of things. I don't require those types of things from employees. And this is a standard set by the other owners long before I became an owner. 
but it's something I really value with our practice. And I think it's done really well to retain really good employees over a long period of time. The second thing that I think we need to be focusing on from a retention standpoint is encouraging growth in our vets and actively investing in that growth, providing them those professional advancement options or opportunities in addition to business advancement or business growth opportunities, specifically towards ownership. So first of all, I'd like to just talk about our practice in terms of how we do this professional growth opportunities. So things like in our practice, lung ultrasound, or for me, a half a day of management every two weeks, or ventilation consulting, those types of things, any type of CE that a associate has an interest in that has a potential revenue generating project for your practice is something that you can invest in them if you feel that they can be responsible with that investment. Giving them a little bit of leeway, a little bit of rope to hang themselves, embracing their interests and leveraging them to improve your business is twofold so they can provide more revenue for your actual practice. But also on the other end, you empower them to grow and you show them that their input matters. And that's absolutely huge in retention of employees. On that note, we also encourage this business advancement or the education towards ownership. So our practice has, like many practices, kind of a work towards ownership's philosophy. After a certain amount of time, you become an owner or offered ownership if you fit into the overall uh, practice structure. And over that time, we kind of use that as, I don't want to say a carrot, but we'll say a carrot in this, kind of to keep people going, keep people seeking to grow, keep getting them to improve. And in the end of all of that hard work, there's something to show for it. And this is, again, comes to the philosophy for us, at least, from the standpoint of we want to educate them and invest in them as much as they want to basically invest in the practice. So it doesn't do us any good not to discuss business factors with them along the way or share a limited view of the numbers of what the books look like for the practice. Those types of things. Now, obviously, that's within reason. We don't want to be, you know, throwing our books about, but production numbers, we will show things like that, um, you know, clients and accounts receivable, um, you know, what's actually owed, that's shared with them. Again, providing them a little bit of this information that they need to understand so they understand the underpinnings or the underworkings of the business, but also feel invested in. And that comes around again to our full philosophy of, once that person buys into the practice, if that's the eventual goal, and again, the amount of information that's shared with them is dependent upon you know, how we think that fits into the picture. But once that's done, we want to make sure that we've educated that person along the way. So it's not like, okay, snap your fingers, one day you're an owner and now you get all this information. That doesn't do us a lot of good if you're a co-owner with no experience. So the exposure to tiny tidbits of information that kind of start to give you a rounded picture of how the business runs and how to run a clinic is a philosophy in our actual clinic itself. So again, making them privy to discussions, drug company kind of not negotiations, but those interactions with representatives, things like that. Um, basic overviews of the books, obviously not diving into like P&Ls, but more so just uh, maybe some accounts receivable or um, where their gross fits into the other vets. Those types of things are things that we use as an essence that carrot, I guess you would say, to keep them moving forward. And then finally, the last thing I think that's really a big key to retention 
that I've seen really help our clinic. And it's really made our clinic quite close. We're, we're a really close family, especially, um, you know, within basically our, our veterinary staff. We do a, a lot of stuff together, share things between each other, all those different types of things. But the last thing we do, the third thing we do is just make work fun. And I know that's really simplistic OTRs, but how many times have you sat back and been like, this is really not fun? Or those of you who were associates who kind of got, um, you know, uh, the, the the manure goes, flows downhill kind of mentality from the people above you. Was that really fun? And I, and I encourage people, again, to think about that. Think about the golden rule. I, I was raised on the golden rule by my grandfather and my father. Uh, so I like to try and apply that as often as I can. But just from that concept, just make it fun. So we have social time at our clinic. A lot of times at the end of the day, many of us will come to the clinic. Obviously, COVID's kind of thrown a wrench in that here and there. But what we try to do is just round off or talk about our cases or even talk about our lives and our families and those types of things. And I've learned probably just as much about families investing or just general even show cowing uh, from my partners as I've learned business knowledge or or had veterinary discussions with them. And it's been really great. They're, they are mentors in more than one way to myself. But this social time helps you connect with your vets outside of, per se, normal conversation or normal business conversation. And we do that, again, end of the day, several times per week. Um, Christmas parties, obviously, many of you probably have those. We have grill outs periodically. Our office staff, a lot of times, makes baked goods. So that's always, you know, a great way to bond. Um, we do trap shooting league. We host that for our clients and for our veterinarians to come and kind of bond over all of those types of things, fostering communities and just overall client relationships or inter interclinic relationships is always re really, really critical OTRs. So this is a basic overview. Does it, is it comprehensive? No, by no means is this overview comprehensive OTRs. But I think it's things that our clinic has excelled at that people can easily kind of pick up and start to integrate in their clinic. So again, first of all, keep company morale high. And you can do that by making sure you're adequately staffed, giving appropriate days off for reset or work-life balance, and having regular meetings to improve the communication in your clinic. Secondly, encourage growth in your vets from a professional standpoint and a business standpoint. Make investments in things that they're interested in that can increase the revenue for your clinic and make investments in them from an ownership perspective. Help them get educated along the way if the end goal is ownership at your clinic. So now when they buy in, you have a educated or somewhat educated partner to start with. And finally, just make the work environment fun, guys. This social time at the clinic, um, whether it's over a dilly bar or a grill out or over the end of a 12 gauge, however you do it, have fun at work, enjoy the time with each other, set up that environment so that going to work is not a chore and it's something that people actually really enjoy. So that's all I got for you guys today, OTRs, from the Thoughts from the Truck episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. I'd love to hear what your clinics are doing for retention strategies. So share your retention strategies below in this post or join our OTO community at otovets.com forward slash Facebook and share them there. That's a private Facebook group only for veterinarians. So please feel free to join us. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Until next time, OTRs, carry on. If 
If you liked this content and want more, join our OTO community at otovets.com forward slash Facebook. Also, check out our blog at otovets.com forward slash blog. And don't miss our cutting edge episodes where we cover the latest in peer-reviewed scientific research related to large animal veterinary medicine. You can find the written context at otovets.com forward slash cutting edge, or you can listen to it at our podcast at otovets.com forward slash podcast. Please join our community for an active discussion about today's podcast, past podcasts, and other decisive topics within veterinary medicine. Thanks again for joining us today, OTOers, and carry on.